You have to be able to tell, like, who should I listen to? Who's actually in charge of the session? I've seen, like, tons of people come into the studio, and they know everything about engineering, but they don't know how to act, like, in the room around clients. What's up, what's up, what's up, friends, family, and fans? Welcome to Life on Podcast. This is where we listen and inspire friends in entertainment. And everywhere. And everywhere, because life happens to everyone. I am your host, Stone Stafford, with my ride or die. I don't know about all that ride or die stuff. I'm Johnny Vaughn, though. So, well, well, hold up. Are you dropping out on me now? I'm just, I'm just We're not ride or die anymore? Today, I'm feeling a little... We've been ride or die for like 167 episodes. Now, all of a sudden, you're not. Take a day off. Wow, the loyalty. It's just one day. They're not arguing with me. So anyway, they so this is about to be the best looking podcast you guys have seen in a while. <laughs> we have two guests <laughs> with us. We have uh, Emily Donaldson, female engineer, and Ooh. we have Jessica Wong, female engineer. What up? Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, this is not one of those, okay? So, <laughs> what's up, y'all? Welcome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for taking the You're time. You're so comfortable, out. girl. Get up on that microphone. I just made a statement about these female engineers knowing but stuff. You said she's okay. Yeah, yeah. okay my, bad, like, my bad. My bad. You better be my careful. Bad. You don't want to get the STFU. I don't even know what I'm saying. That's right. That's mine. That's my thing that he associates with me for some reason. It, because STFU. you say it all, to, all the time. <laughs> oh, I do. Mm, it's with love. I got you. With all love. The, with <laughs> I like it with love. I dig it. Okay. So anyway, so we're going to hop right into this. Um, so both of you are female engineers. Yep. And dare I say, up and coming, right? Still, yep. I mean, you've done some stuff, right? But you're up and coming for the most part, which is why I wanted you on here because it seems like there is more of an influx of female engineers and producers happening, which I love. Yep. You know what I mean? So I wanted you guys, as people that have done some things, you're not quite in the starter's block. Uh, have, don't have a Grammy yet. Keyword yet. Yet. But so I, I think it's a perfect spot in your careers to talk to some folks. So, as female engineers, I just wanted to know how did you even become an engineer? Like, why did you even want to be an engineer? Yeah, was it because I just got sick of dudes doing it wrong, or <laughs> is it just a, a, a feminine touch that was missing? What what was it? Uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. So, I just a little bit of background. I started playing piano since I was four so I've always been in music my whole life mm -hmm. and then so for college I decided I wanted to keep doing music but I didn't want to like be a performer I didn't want to keep playing the piano so where'd you go to college I went to Berkeley College of Music Berkeley shout out to Berkeley yep and then I looked up the all the majors they have to offer so mm -hmm. I decided music and production is something that I wanted to do mm -hmm. so I just went ahead and just study that major there and right. here I am but how does it get from music and production to engineering though specifically so actually at Berkeley it's more engineering heavy than oh, production okay. okay but it's nice. both but like more engineering heavy so that's kind of my background got you yep and what, what about you M? Um, I didn't really have a musical background at all I just I always really loved music um, like going to concerts going to festivals was like my favorite thing in the world and I just had an itch to do something with it. So um, at the time I was in college and majoring in marketing. And so I tried to use that to get my foot in the door and I just went to different um, studios up here in the city and like offered them my marketing services to be like a marketing intern since that's what I was majoring in at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, But once I got in there, I would just watch the guys engineer and um, just kind of started picking it up and took it from there. I love that. So you didn't really have a musical background. Not at all. Right? But you Not decided. So I know both of you. I don't want to say obviously because sometimes we have guests that I don't know, right? But I happen to know both of you. Um, you worked here for a while with Drummer Boy. Yep. Now, there is something about both of you that I can say because I've witnessed it with my own eyes is that both of y'all are hustlers. Like, I've seen you make your way around circles like nobody's business, right? Yeah. And I've literally seen you work your butt off. And we're talking from someone that I don't know how to do this to right. your freaking tracking and mixing records, like literally zero to 100. Right. So I, I, I dare say that's probably a big part of your success thus far. But being the case, you're females, though. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, that's the obvious question that we're going to ask. Yeah. The pros and the cons. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. like you got to break it down. Like, what, what, what are the, what are some of the things you've experienced? You know, on the good side of things, and because we already know, in a male-dominated anything, if you're mm-hmm. a female, there's going to be some negatives. So, yeah. I kind of want to touch on all of them. So, yeah. who wants to go first? Share some experiences. Maybe pros. Maybe start with the pros because the cons mm-hmm. can the get pros. juicy. You want to go first? Um, I'll say. It's definitely a double-edged sword. I'd say mainly, like, one of the pros is probably just, like, um, I mean, I think we all know that engineers in the industry get treated pretty crappy most of the time. But, like, watching the other guys that I work with, like, sometimes the clients are way quicker to be, like, more harsh and, like, mean to them rather than me because i'm a girl which sometimes it's not it's not an all the time thing like sometimes they're you know just just jerks period yeah like that (laughs) no matter who it is but sometimes you do notice the difference of how they change if like i'm in there doing it interesting you know who that's like like tasha like she can talk to these dudes any old kind of way but like if i did that it's a fight. Well, you're a jerk, first of all. Tasha's <laughs> nicer than you There's are. Something so, in the air today. Oh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we 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 are predis- predispositioned as a species to treat women a little kinder than we treat dudes. That's just a, that's that's Ooh, period. Really? Absolutely. You think so? Yes. Because no we can run down a list of folks that don't agree with that. No, I feel like I'm mainly aware of what I just said, though, just because of like the guys that I work with pointed it out. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, we, like, well, yeah, yeah. No, we noticed it for sure. There was a situation where I, sure. uh, I was, I was on an assistant team of three engineers. I was the only guy, and I got dogged terribly for no reason and the girls were were, were taken care of really. and it, we are absolutely going to recognize when that happens but I also think um, that young ladies who are able to use that to their advantage because mm-hmm. if you happen to still be talented you don't have to deal with the negative stuff that comes with it and then you can just focus on the, the career path of it. I you know most of the dudes that have to deal with the crap um, it can be a little debilitating and do y'all think dudes do that though I mean let's we're going to keep it a thousand do you think dudes do that to kind of set themselves up, up to maybe take their shot or think For they sure. might. Yeah, some, sometimes, depends, not everybody, but sometimes they can definitely do that. But I think as a female engineer, a lot of times, like especially when you get to a certain point, you just don't even give them the energy that, hey, I'm here to Facts. mess around. I'm just here to work. So like yeah. they won't even try to do that, you know? No, that's big facts, actually. I, you know, I was dating around. I got turned down before I even asked a question. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just walked up and the air was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's no, no vibes there. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean that like you have to be mean to somebody. I'm, I'm still nice Can to them. I'm nice to that, everybody. Please? Like, don't be mean. <laughs> like, you can like give off like business energy without being mean. You can still be nice with it. You know. That's true. That's true. It's a subconscious thing though, because even the people who come in with that that hardball type of thing, they soften up with the ladies. It's always good to have a very talented lady with you on your team mm-hmm. and then push her to the front. I, I do that in a lot of situations sure. now just because they see the beard and the hat and it's, it immediately puts people in a particular It's mindset. like hardball. Yeah. All right out the gate. Yeah, but with, with the ladies, especially, again, if they're talented and they know what they're doing, you can allow them to be proxies and then one, it elevates them because I'm not, I'm not trying to make this sound like a guy has to put a woman in front of a, you know, in front of them to do anything, but it actually makes the team stronger when you have someone on your team like that that can actually disarm, so to speak, whoever mm-hmm. you're working with so you can get the job done faster. I, I always have an appreciation for, for that subconscious thing that we do as people because it, it makes the ladies be able to one, shine, and then two, it makes the projects move by faster too. Have y'all ever used that to your advantage where you know the dudes are being nice yeah. so you actually play that? Yeah, that's that yeah I mean, that comes with the advantage, yeah. <laughs> it Part comes the with advantage. the advantage. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Of course. No, no. I'm just <laughs> of course thinking about I it because I feel like you don't feel bad for taking that advantage because of the disadvantages. Right. Like, sure. it all bounces out. So. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I think it's for, for all the disadvantages, if that's. Oh, I'm not saying whether you deserve to do it or not. I'm just wondering, have you done it? Right. Can I, I'm, I'm wondering about the creative aspect of, of being in the room. So as a guy, when I was tracking 20 years ago, <laughs> um, you should just shut up. You get in there with the producer and the artist. There wasn't much talking. It was it was one of those like speak 
if spoken to kind of situations. But a lot of my female friends now, um, one of them is an amazing vocal producer, and her opinion is always asked. So you, you ladies find that in the situations where you witness guys get hammered more, that your input is welcomed a little bit easier, and that it's easier to be a creative in those spaces than it would be otherwise? Mm. I'll go first. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, so I think it all depends on the situation. I think that's what makes a good engineer. So a good engineer is able to go into any room and to be able to read the room and maneuver accordingly. Because it depends on the type of session you're in. Sometimes, like, your job is just to record and just make sure everything just goes smoothly. But other times, they actually expect you to, like, focal produce and, like, all sorts of creative input. So just being able to read the room is very important. And also like as a female engineer, um, sometimes like I would like, you know, like working with new clients and especially with me, like being Asian, like I'm I'm born and raised in Macau. Mm-hmm. So I moved here like in twenty fifteen. So sometimes like they would like kinda at first they would like not question, but they would like I can tell that they're like, hmm, Wonder if will she, yeah, will she be able to like get the job done? Right. But like once like, you know, like I start working, we start working together, they like, okay, yeah, that she got it. So And that's that and that's the that's really the kind of the core of it all is that can you do the job? Yeah. Period. It really and that that part right there kind of crushes whether or not you're female or male or not. Can you do the job? Period. Right. No, yeah. I definitely love that. So the negative things. Have you guys experienced that? And we're talking the sexism, misogyny, you know, inequality, harassment. Have you guys had experience with those? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Break it down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I should ask, we should ask this question first. Is it it something that's not comfortable to talk about because of how it happens or? No, not, not necessarily. Or. I mean, she honestly gave the best answer earlier of just, like, the advice of going in there and having the mentality and the energy of, like, I'm not here for all that. Like, but we know that sometimes job. with guys, that don't matter. Like, they're just oh, going to be pushy, mm-hmm. pushy a-holes. I honestly think one of the worst things to come across is just the worry that if you're turning down someone, it's going to get you to lose an opportunity. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's so real, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has that happened? That, to your knowledge... Because, you know, sometimes that can happen. You don't know I if you mean, lost an opportunity or not. Right. right. Not, like, on a big scale. Like, of course, I may have seen, like, the energy change in the room. And them, of course, not, like, request me next time, maybe. But So it almost goes back to what I was saying. They were all nice to you, but that's because right. they were trying to set up to shoot a shot. Right. What about you? Have you experienced any of that stuff? Uh... Not too much. Um, I would say a little bit more earlier on when I was, like, starting. Um, when I started, like, well, I noticed a few things. Um, one of them being, so, when I was, like, here, when I was with Drum Boy, or not even that, like, just any other occasion, too. Like, sometimes, like, I would be the only female in the room. And, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I might be the engineer. I might just be the intern. But, like, guys would come in the room and, like they just kind of ignore you like they'll say hi to everybody Mm -hmm. and then like just except for you so that Mm -hmm. happened before um and then also well not too much harassment um i mean obviously some guys would try to shoot the shot but um i mean like at a certain point i just stopped like giving off that energy and it's just more like professional energy so um i mean i like that i'm hearing that it doesn't sound like it's as prevalent of a problem yeah. that I think it might be. That's kind of good to hear. I think the industry is starting to evolve a little bit more now to where that's not the mindset from what, I'm, from what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where it's not like top of mind like it used to be. Right. Um, I've, I've heard some guys be misogynistic off jump as soon as a female is in the room. Right. And in today's day and age, and it could be just because we've gotten more sensitive to it socially, just as a collective, mm-hmm. and that it's starting to permeate through every industry. But I think more so in entertainment now, we're starting to see more so that it, it's been proven that women are absolutely capable. So the respect is, is almost like it's given. So is, you feel there's a shift in the change? I, th- I think this was, I, th- I, and I'm not trying to mansplain. Don't want to like I'm doing that. Mansplain. <laughs> <laughs> I want to seem like I'm mansplaining. Y'all, y'all hit me in the mouth if I'm saying something out of line. Oh, but I, I mean, I'm just, I, 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 see my, I see my male friends who in the past would have been that way. Mm. 
offer up their female assistants first. Okay. Or, or suggest mm-hmm. a female producer or a female writer first. Now it was like, no, no, she's doper than anybody else I got access to. Right. Um, so I, I, I have seen that personally, that it seems like it's shifting. Is it, is it on a massive scale yet? Has it hit everywhere? Are we feeling it to the level that we should? Mm-hmm. I, that's to be debated, but I, I feel like we're on the right track. Um, would y'all think that that's probably something that's happening? And if it is, what can we do to make it go faster? I think in the business standpoint, it is happening, but um, as far as like socially, I still don't think it is. Okay. Like just as far as like how um, you're talked to sometimes, like just because I think they can both happen in the same sentence. Like I've had a guy come in and say like inappropriate things to me, but then like the next minute also recommend me to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. So inappropriate, like I don't know. He called you. I mean, honey buns or something like. I, no, just I don't, like, like just what? like stuff that you that you shouldn't say when you're like working, <laughs> working and you see a girl and like you don't know me like you right, don't even right, know right. my name and you're saying this kind of stuff to me. Yeah. Gotcha. But then, like I said, the next the next minute they could like be hyping me up. And, right. Yeah. Why do we do that? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do that? I feel like just possibly. I don't think I have. Well, I wouldn't say I've never experienced it, but like I don't have a very deep memory of it but just like hearing from you guys talk about it I would say that probably one possibility is like him like hyping you up after work can like get you to you know not have more like it like him better you know you think it's like an ulterior motive uh, possibly okay not all the time so but, okay. that's yeah not, that's kind of the common thing that I'm getting here it's like with women in a male dominated industry or sector mm-hmm you all you you're constantly wondering what's genuine. That's honestly the worst part. I think it's just the wondering if it's genuine or not. Right. Or like second guessing yourself. Do you bother doing that though? Like do you do you spend a lot of time in your head wondering if that's the case? Is that a Honestly? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Hey, yeah. That's honest. It'd be it'd be a whole nother thing if you knew if it was genuine or not. And right. You could just take it for what it is. But like he said, like the wondering, like, am I actually like earning this opportunity? Right. Or am I just like right. be given because of because I'm a size C or something like that right Mm, I think I think um, it could be what I just said but also like if you genuinely just so talented at what you do like you know you know the guys might just like I just want you to like see you win as well you know I want to like recommend you like you can do this job like so good like you know like she is the one for it you know right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I I definitely at the end of the day I still feel the skill will dictate the vibe but, mm-hmm. you know, just being honest and trying to be as empathetic as I can, that's a constant concern, I think, for women. Even when your skills have proven. I mean, look, you guys are not hard on the eyes at all. And I feel like that's an issue. I feel like it can be an issue. And somebody might be like, oh, you ugly shaman. I don't even know if that's a thing, but everything is canceled nowadays. <laughs> and y'all know me. I'm going I'm to step on that line. But... Let's just be honest where society is. I mean, we are visually stimulated. So when you have a woman that's 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 pretty or whatever it is, I mean, yeah, your talent can show out all day. But I still feel that guys will keep that thing on the side of like, yeah, let me go on and get in good. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, that's got to suck. You know, just like you said, it's like, am I here because I deserve to be here or because they trying to set me up? Yeah, I think that's when you like have to like, you know, like, find, like, surround yourself with people that aligns with, you know, like, your values and stuff. I mean, obviously, Mm. with business, it's not always the case. Sometimes, like, you don't always work with people that share the same beliefs or values as you. But, um, so, obviously, you know, you put yourself forward, professional, and if the people that they don't respect the situation, then obviously they're not the people that you there should be you, And I think with. that's the bottom line at the yeah. end of the day. You go in there, you you have your, your laser focus. This is what I'm here. I'm here to be the best at it. Either you respect for me, respect me for it or not. Mm-hmm. And you just literally just, well, these back in the day, talk to the hand back in the day, <laughs> do one of them things. You know what I'm saying? So, did you have something I was going to I got say? a bunch of stuff. All right. Yeah. You want to, all right, good. Oh, okay, yeah. So I've been, it's, it's still I've been blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, you talk too much. It's okay. <laughs> um, across industries, for the last, you know, 20 years or so, we've been seeing in the film world, 
female actors and actors or actresses getting the shine they deserve and actually getting placed on pedestals next to their male counterparts. There was a big one a few years ago when the conversation about Serena Williams in the sports world when they were like, she's the greatest female tennis player of all time. And she was immediately, people were corrected immediately. Like, you know, she's one of the greatest tennis players, period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in the music world, if you aren't in it like us, you may not be able to name female engineers like Susan Rogers, uh, Carrie Keys is one that comes to mind for me. Um, that's another Barry. Trina, yeah, uh, Trina Shoemaker is another big one. Exactly. <laughs> like those names don't roll off the tongue unless right. you're in the industry. But from where from where you ladies' vantage points are of of having your your foot in the door and making a name for yourself now, do you see the the trail has been blazed for the opportunity for y'all to make a solid name for yourselves and garner the respect that you'll deserve for being talented engineers and producers next to your male counterparts or do you see and i don't want this to sound contradictory to what i just asked (laughs) but do you you see that from what y'all just said and this is changing what i said because i I said that i feel like there's a shift happening but i also think that women are starting to get the credit in the music industry that they truly deserve do y'all see that it's going to be an easier path now with what some of the names that i've mentioned have been and then some of the shifts that's happening or do y'all see that it possibly still being a roadblock that y'all may have to be the generation that kicks down for the girls that come up after you um i think no the pathway has begun to open but I wouldn't say that it's all the way open because um, a lot of clients that I worked with, especially like first-time clients, they come in the room, the first time, the first thing they'll say is, oh, I've never worked with a female engineer before. Like they, they always think that it's dope, but it's not something that they're used to. So I think that like us female engineers, like now we have to like, you know, like, just set the example and just let everybody know that hey we can do the job just as good if not better than the men so um mm-hmm. yeah i think the path is there it's, we're opening so it y'all up. are still y'all are shouldering some of the weight still to kick yeah. some stuff yep. down i think so i think the door is like off the hinge right. <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> and quite kicked you know, in yet. Yeah, not quite kicked <laughs> in yet but when i had baby girl the producer baby girl uh-huh Play the beats and everything. They were like, "Damn, let's go hard!" Mm-hmm. And we walk in the room. It's like, "Oh snap, that was a female!" Yeah, I'm like, "What the hell?" Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. seriously. It's, uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely uphill battle. All right, so I'm gonna call you guys a double minority because one, obviously, you're females in a highly male dominated sector of the music industry. I mean, the music industry is highly male-dominated anyway, but then you're in another hyper-male-dominated sector of engineering, so minority one. But then, as a white female and an Asian female in hip-hop, because y'all primarily work with a lot of hip-hop artists. I mean, others as well, I've seen that, Mm -hmm. but primarily with hip-hop. Any issues with that that you found? or Because... Yeah, it has something to do with a woman, but then where race and gender are combined in that in that genre, how's that been for you? Honestly, I haven't experienced many negative things. I because for the longest time, like I've expanded my the genres that I listen to a lot, but rap was like my favorite genre of forever and like hip hop and like a lot of the people that I listen to a lot, like Dolph and Glock, I ended up getting to work with. So it was like already like a huge, like, oh dang moment for me. Right. But, and it, I don't think particularly pertaining to hip hop and being in that genre, it presented any issues. Like okay. Dolph was honestly one of the nicest clients I've ever come into contact nice. with. Nice. So, yeah. Way to go Dolph. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I would agree like I haven't really had like a lot of issues because I've also like you know surrounded myself in that environment mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of, like hip-hop and R&B I actually um I started with R&B first mm-hmm. so that was my first love and then I expanded like hip-hop and like you know all these other genres but I have been working like with like R&B and hip-hop for a long time and right. so it's pretty second nature at this point so um yeah so i haven't had much issues with that um in terms of like with the race thing i would not as much like like i said earlier sometimes like 
when they first met you, they'll kind of like wonder if mm-hmm. you'll be able to like deliver what this genre needs. But um, that hasn't really been the issue. Um, Do y'all see a generational difference with y'all's oh, clients? Man. Is it is it say something like is that. it different from older R and B and hip hop clients as opposed to the younger ones? That have a disposition towards one way or the other to where they res- the way they respond or treat you in the beginning. Um, not too much, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, my generation thing was different. Yeah. <laughs> what? What would you? What would you assume it? To well, be? what I was going to say was the old people are more stuck in their ways than the younger people, and young people care less. Well, actually, well, my if you, if you go towards that, then I'd say yeah. Like if you're talking about their style and like what they're willing to try mm-hmm. in form of and like pertaining to music, then I'd say that's accurate. Okay. Yeah. Well, my generation thing had really had more to do with tech because I feel like it would have been harder for y'all 15 years ago because now we see a bunch of female producers and engineers and stuff doing it on TikTok and in that. So it isn't as taboo anymore. So I think the stage is set for you guys to finally knock the door down. But you figure 15 years ago, you know, we didn't have the whole TikTok and all this, so you you didn't even know that you right. existed, you know, or even your counterpart existed right. or something like that. You know what I mean? So I feel the stage is set for you guys to, to be able to do your thing for sure, and I think that's probably why it isn't as difficult as maybe Linda Perry had it or as Jane Child had it or people back in the day because those, those girls did it, did it. Mm-hmm. Like, did it. You know what I mean? What's uh, uh, um, Alicia Keys' engineer? Oh, I, I, do her not, name. I don't know her name. Yeah, but like, like yeah. yeah, dope. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're doing it, doing it. But sure, like, they were, they, they probably had a 10 times worse. So all I right. think that that, that kind of helps with it, you know, at all. Now, where your craft is actually concerned, like learning to become a better engineer, right? And then the career side, like, you know, building clientele, what has been your biggest challenge? So, what have been your challenges as far as learning the craft of engineering? What has been your biggest challenges? And then building clientele and handling your business as a career, what have been some of your business, biggest challenges? Let's start with the craft part. Craft. For me personally, just because of like me not coming from a very musical background, I think a lot of it was just kind of like getting the hang of things like music theory when they come into mm. playing stuff like that, which... Not that it always applies, just because you get to go off of a feeling. I was going to say, how much time. does music theory apply when it, being only engineer? sometimes? Like most of the time, I feel like you can get it off of the feeling. But as far as things that it's like a yes or a no, like key and like tempo stuff like that, you just got to learn. But okay. um, yeah, I'd say that's been the biggest hurdle for me. Okay, what about you? Just trying to catch up. Uh, to me, I would say so far probably. Focal production is still something that I am learning. Like, I do focal production, definitely. But um, That's the second time you brought that up. So let me ask you something. Should vocal production automatically be wrapped into engineering, though? No. Like, the way I came up, it didn't. But it seems like clients expect that nowadays. I I think it depends on how much the artist trusts you. Because, like, I would not call myself a vocal producer by any means, but, like, an artist I work with a lot and a good friend of mine, like, I vocal produce her Mm -hmm. just because we have that good relationship and, Mm -hmm. like, it ends up... We have a chemistry to where it comes out well. So she trusts your opinion. I right. think that question is probably more of a general, not even just targeted to female producer standpoint. It's oh, just yeah, a, not at all. It's, it, when you can get a one-stop shop, mm-hmm. it's easier to do that than to have to pay two people to come in on a production rate. To mm-hmm. You got an engineer, mm-hmm. now you got a vocal producer. That's plus studio time. That's just that's just raising a bill. Now, but if you I, got, I will yeah. say this. If you I'll got somebody that's... Put on my music business coach hat, because I knew I do music business coaching. Yeah. That should be something you should be charging separate for. Well, I'm going to just say that right well, now. No, like it, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you, I'm not correcting I'm not saying you. you don't. I'm not correcting but what, you. But what I'm saying is, so it, when, I was, when I was still tracking and vocal producing, I wasn't charging you a full tracking and full vocal producing rate. It, it'll be higher, but I wasn't charging you double. Instead, right. if you were bringing both people, that's 1200 and 1200 No, I get it. Yeah, so sure. instead yeah, of it being 24 I might hit you for 18 right. and then now yeah, you got to both. To be clear, I wasn't correcting so you at all. I went, but, but I want to make sure yeah. what I was saying was clear as if I was, I wouldn't, because Stone would be man, Johnny didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, what is going on? <laughs> 
I didn't want Stone up in the throat Middle of the bus I do the bus no, throwing over not at all so I'm agreeing with you But we have people That are you know, not sure. just listening And sure. learning So if you find your Now don't get me wrong Because this is where People then get money hungry They start penny picking Right Right. If you're giving suggestions Here or there You know blah 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 I, mm-hmm. That's cool Because at the end of the day There's still a relationship Earning the trust Right mm-hmm. For them to trust What you're doing But when you find Your flat out Vocal producing a joint that's a separate fee and you can't mm-hmm. you shouldn't be scared to charge that sure but, yeah. but you have to communicate that right you're like you know what I feel at this point I'm doing like sheer vocal production and I normally charge a separate fee for that you know we can negotiate that I'm willing to help I want to do it you know type of thing but mm-hmm. don't just go in there doing two jobs getting paid for one yeah that's yeah. that's all I'm trying to let you I, I have a I have a couple of things to say about that in say particular it. so um i'm gonna sip on it while you say that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know like well, we all know like with engineers like we are not you know treated as you not know, like we're supposed to be treated yeah. and you know this whole like thing is a little bit messed up you know okay. with a certain things but um so unless like if you're like really good at focal production and you're good at like recording, then already and plus if you have the connections and the clientele, already mm-hmm. you're a top tier engineer. Mm-hmm. At that point, you can be charging eight hundred dollars a day. So that already separates you from the rest of the engineers. Okay. But if you're not at that level, but you're still doing focal production, you're good at it, but you don't have that clientele. You know, there's plenty of other engineers that can do the same thing. Maybe not as good, but good enough so at that point if you want to charge extra they're like um it's okay like we'll go somebody like we'll go with somebody mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. So. well i'm glad you said that because i said there's a relationship part but people may have glossed on it so you just yeah. broke that down so i'm glad you did so because there are some on one hand people like know your worth know your value you know people go and start charging crap but if you ain't really quote unquote nobody yet I mean, it's about the relationship first. It's about getting them to want you to do stuff and all that kind of stuff. So, no, thanks for bringing that part down. Yeah, yeah I'm sure someone probably glossed. Yeah, they probably glossed. Now, right I w- over I'm going to throw this out there because I know a lot of my female friends, and the, one of them told me she stole this from me specifically. Um, if I'm referred to someone and you go with me, then if you're I, referred. Yeah, if if you come, to, if if a client is brought to me through a referral okay, from okay. another client. Um, you get what the rate is because I'm not trying to build a relationship at that point. You right, right, you right. came on a referral, and one of my friends told me she she does that specifically because if you go in there with the discount mindset off of referrals, it, you kind of trap yourself into that situation, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and then people believe that that's where you are. Yeah. So it, it goes to what you said is knowing what your worth is and and, and charging it out the door, um, and not so much. There's certain situations where you worry about the relationship. It's like a cold calling thing. Mm. First time working with somebody, you got matched up because somebody knocked off and they just weren't there. Okay, different scenario. But if your name is what got you there, the rate is what it is. So, I'm going to hit back on that one. Okay. Because I feel, and then y'all chime in on this, I feel relationships are potentially so important that I think you should treat every new situation with relationship first in mind and this comes with time and experience so i'm a, i am going to disclaim that this comes with time and experience but he's old when you <laughs> when you feel when you kind of sense that i don't really know the relationship part is going to be such a priority just shifted the business and that, that can happen quickly but if it seems like this relationship can be something you know, I, I, that's just, that, and you know, in my story recently, how relationships have just literally Absolutely. changed the whole trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. And But I've always felt that way. And now that I'm living and seeing it on a hyper level, you know, so I'm not saying you're wrong, but I still feel you should keep, whether it's a refer- referral or not, you don't know who that person's referring, who that person is mm-hmm. and what the next opportunity is. I used to tell my artists when I manage them, when you sing in a room full of people, you're only singing for one or two person. And that's the king or the queen in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's who has your next opportunity. Everyone else, they're just enjoying their bystanders. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a balance. You know, there. I'm gonna say this one thing, and I'm gonna shut up because I definitely want to hear what y'all got to say. Yeah, um, I'm gonna <laughs> right back at you on this. Um, I think there are two factors in there that change that now. Time being the number one thing you talked about mm. uh, 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. Mm. Um, things are more expensive now. <laughs> I, I, ain't, I ain't got time to be giving you a financial break <laughs> on how much I cost <laughs> because of how much stuff costs me. Okay. Period. That's what. That, that's one. All right. Two. Um, 
it's it's almost like a you, you elevate your your friend, elevate your business partner, elevate your circle thing. Um, what I have found is that the the high caliber clientele that I work with don't care about me charging my full rate because Facts. the yeah. money is it, Facts. The, the money's there. True, They're yeah. looking for quality product. You literally mm-hmm. can do both at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, when yeah. when you get into a circle where one you got talent, 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 everyone's bringing their part and you're creating something great and then money's not an issue, that's the kind of environment you want to be yeah. in. So that's the the so to to culminate that whole thing and what I'm actually trying to say is that you weed out Mm. that bottom feeder type of clientele that you may not want to become a part of your everyday thing. Because mm-hmm. I think I can, I'm pretty sure y'all have, I definitely did. I did a whole bunch of $20 an hour sessions, a bunch of $12 an hour sessions when I first got started in the early 2000s because I had to. Mm-hmm. And there came a point where I was like, I'm not going to get to that next level if everybody sees that this is, I mean, it doesn't matter what the quality of your work is. Yeah. I literally got asked one time, why Why are you not charging more? Right, right, <laughs> right. When I got asked that question, it changed how I looked at stuff. So, how did y'all dictate what you charge? That's a good point, actually. Yeah. How did y'all come up with what you charge? I mean, you can say what you charge if you want. I don't know, but, you know. How did you come up with that? <laughs> I mean, don't the, let stone bait you. You don't have to do that. The first idea was, you know, by how much uh, my home studio pays, you know, per hour per room, mm-hmm. and then like, you know, depending on your experience, you just kind of gauge it on that. But I do think it, not that it varies a lot, but like depending on if I do put that relationship first and the person for some reason is like they're an independent artist they're not signed they're working a day job also they're Mm -hmm. you know like sometimes you just kind of relate to people on that and you're like i really truly enjoy doing music with you and i think you have awesome but like he said it is nice when you're in a situation where like they're with a label you know they have the money so like you don't have to worry about that but it it differs like so if y'all want to work with Emily, just know that she is a benevolent soul. <laughs> she will soul. work with your budget. <laughs> I gotta like you a lot. I gotta like you a lot. Okay. <laughs> what about you? How did you come up with your rates? Uh, I think I agree with what Emily said. Um, and also, yeah, it depends on the client. Um, you know, whether it's like like a label artist or like independent artist. But also on top of that, uh, right now I am working with a team that, you know, like, kind of does that kind of management for, for me mm-hmm. so I can just focus on just like you know nice. being there do my job um, just be creative yeah. so like I don't have to worry about um, just like the payment part of thing because that's usually what Talk mess to my up people. I love yeah. that yeah. That, <laughs> that mess up the relationship with your clients so like yeah. I got give a shout out to my boy Andrew yeah. um, track of services he uh, just started this company that um right now mainly catering to engineer so he will do all the invoices like payment um even with like mostly record like label sessions like he'll like just pay you right off and then he'll like deal with like you know like collecting the payments later and sometimes like um he can even like negotiate your rate for you so like i think having somebody like that on your team can really like help so you're not the one that's always like, yeah. hey, uh, yeah, that can't let's get talk about way. money. Absolutely. So I tell you what, can I give a shout out to a woman, though, who used to run that game in Atlanta? Her name was Monica Tanian. Mm. Mm. Yep. Monica, Monica ran. I mean, she represented almost every big engineer that was mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And she was the sweetest person, a beast to deal with. Like, mm. and, But I'm, I'm happy to say it fits that, man, the room's moving a little slow. For me right now. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to post post meridium. <laughs> That's post meridium. I got the daiquiri today, but um, but I'll, yeah, Monica used to. I just want to shout the woman out, you yeah. know, who's not here, Monica Tanian for sure. Um, one thing that me and my circle of producer and engineer friends started doing real early was talking about how much money we were charging. Are y'all discussing that in in the female circles now? So as y'all know, not just so y'all know. In relation to one another, but with your male counterparts too, to, to try market. to help, you know, level the market out so that everyone's getting fair market rate. Because this, I, I have found some very, very talented live female engineers mm. who we'd be at lunch and they would mention what their rates were, and really? I'd have to stop eating. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it just comes mm-hmm. up in conversation. I'm not to stop. I'm like, hey, okay. First of all, you finish this show, and then the next one you do, that's not your rate no more. 
And then I'll tell them what mine is. And right. then they went, well, how did you get to that? And I was like, X, Y, Z. Right. And in one of those instances, um, her name's Danielle Wells. Shockingly enough, her last name's the same as mine. At the time, she was a doper engineer than I was live. And I could not believe what they were trying to pay her. Right. Mm. Um, you so, think that had to do because she was a woman? Oh, no question. Wow. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, because the, the, the powers that be, if they can save a dollar here and there, they absolutely will. Plus, the relationship thing, I've, I've, I have taken that more seriously mm. than some people. I mean, I do have really good relationships with my clients. But are y'all having those conversations? Like, are y'all talking about what rates are in y'all circles? And are y'all making sure that everybody's getting what they're supposed to get? Or is it kind of like a still fend for yourself kind of thing? I mean, you got people, so we know it's not you. No, it's, it's, not, it's not that, like, um, you know, like, I don't always, like, have my, you know, like, team doing that kind of stuff. Like, okay. sometimes, like, for, like, smaller sessions, like, I'll still, like, you know, like, take care of all that stuff myself. But uh, I don't think I actively talk about it, but, like, when asked, like, I don't mind talking about mm-hmm. it. So I don't, like, actively, I'm not, I'm not hey, like, what's your rate? Like, that's yeah. my rate. Hey, you know, I'm Jessica. I, I will say this though a, Across everything That we discuss On this particular platform That's one of the things That people are still Shy of talking about is, is money And whether it be Because we've been trained Corporate America does that They try to threaten you And say you can't talk about it Which is illegal In a bunch of places mm-hmm. But when equality starts to happen, it's because of knowing what your value. You really, mm-hmm. you can't know what your value is unless you're gauging it up against somebody. Else. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but that's a fact. And if if yeah. you know what your skill set is, and you have someone whose skill set is comparable, if you don't know what that payout is, mm-hmm. you're gonna your imagination is probably gonna undershoot what it is. The number Facts. one thing yeah. I have found out over my 22 years of, of working in 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 different and aspects of the industry is that there is no shortage of money anywhere mm-hmm. even when people start saying we're cutting back here right. we're budgeting this there's always more money in that slush pool than you can imagine yeah. and I've had many of those situations where I come in I was like I don't know really what to charge so I just throw a number out mm-hmm. and you hear all the time in, in movies and stuff like, oh man I should have hit for more and I was like yeah right. I should have doubled that and easily. the doper you yeah. are the yeah. more confidence you can have in exactly that. so yeah. I, I, f- I feel like those conversations are important to have mm-hmm. I'm not telling you guys to go start doing the hi I'm Jessica yeah. I make this <laughs> but I, I was just curious if, if those if those conversations I know they're happening in my circles because we, mm-hmm. we a lot of the project managers I work with a lot of the other engineers when we get dope guys like there's a guy I met on a gig last week uh, we produced a Delta show here and one of the guys I met I pulled him aside because for what they had him doing and what his capabilities were mm-hmm. I'm going to pull him onto one of my teams for something real real soon and I immediately asked him I was like yo are they because I knew what some of the other guys were making I'm like are they taking care of you mm-hmm. on yeah. this and he told me what he was getting and I was like alright that's that's cool that's okay. that's right in the ballpark for what it is because some of the other guys that were doing less than him were hitting bigger which cool I'm not mad at anybody Making more money for something But if he would have been Making less for what he was doing And I knew how dope he was Just within four days I would have had to do something about it So that's it. you so, looking out For other people And I appreciate and, yeah. that And yeah and no, Alright so That's what the next question Was going to be Is do yeah, do, do y'all I don't hear about that a lot yeah. Specifically mm-hmm. Like do females in entertainment re, I mean we know The panels and the programs That go on mm-hmm. We get that That's public mm-hmm. facing But when the cameras aren't on People aren't watching even after this podcast, would it be like, yo, we need to exchange numbers. I need to make sure we look like, does, do y'all feel that energy at all or no? Yeah, I have. I definitely okay. do. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have ever since like I started just being in the Atlanta area, just doing anything in music. Can I get you to? Yeah, my right. bad. <laughs> every, yeah, every like female in music, not even just engineer, but producer, manager, whatever. They've all been like super welcoming and encouraging mm-hmm. to support each other. Dope. Yeah. So. And you too. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So I only have two that I'm going to ask you, and then I'll let Johnny wrap with what he wants to ask. Two part question. Last one is I want to hear some experiences. Like either the funniest, whatever the most standout experience you've ever had as an engineer, whatever it may be, I want to hear that. But before that, in your opinion, what makes a, not good, what makes a great engineer, in your opinion? Anyone can go first. I'm not an engineer, so I can't speak on it. Yeah. Well, my movie short. I well, I actually mentioned that earlier. I, just being able to read the room and just read the situation and do what you need to do and responding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Being okay. a therapist is the number one thing. Well, let's assume that no one knows what reading the room means. What does that mean, reading the room? So, like, 
it can like it's a lot of layers to it so like it can be like okay like you're working so you're you're here over here you're tracking recording mm -hmm. the artist is in the booth recording and then you have like five people behind you telling you what to do you have to be able <laughs> to tell like okay who should i listen to like who's actually in charge of the session whose opinion matters the most like mm -hmm. what should i you know how can I deal with this? That's one. And then two is like, you know, like interacting with people, like like feeling the energy, like how mm. do they want me to act? Like, do they want me to be a part of the session? Like, do they want me to like interact with them? Or they just want me to like face the computer and just right. do my thing? That's like, you big. know, something like that. And those, I mean, I'm sorry, just in my experience, in this, those little things right there literally make the biggest differences in the world. They really did. What about yeah. you? What makes a great engineer, in your opinion? Her answer was really good. I feel like that's a huge part of it. Even going back to like how you just act and your energy, because I've seen like tons of people come into the studio and they know everything about engineering, but they don't know how to act like in the room around mm. clients, and that's just gonna like not put you back in that same position. Um, I think a big part of it is um, letting your ego go and letting the artists and the other people in the room like feel like you're catering to their vision. Hmm. I feel like if they know that you're there solely to help them and you're not necessarily like letting your ego get in the way of what's being done, they're gonna gravitate towards you. What if that vision is whack? It's <laughs> and their again, vision. it's your opinion. I'm saying you, it's, it's all subjective, but right. what if you're like, this is no, it, garbage. It's their vision. Like, I mean, of course there's like more details to it to where like if the mix is bad and you're like, okay, like I don't believe in anything this man is saying but I mean, at least make it sound good yeah. like you could at least make it sound good but I mean at the end of the day is there is there a vision if they're, cool, if they're cool with it you did your job for real because there is a point where you're like okay you know what I'm just getting paid <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm so not even emotionally connected to this work right now that's I, honestly yep. that's what happened to me like when I was when, when the trap thing started becoming big and that part of my career I stopped tracking because I couldn't associate with anything nah. that was happening in the room. And yeah. I mean, it was, it was, yo, Jay, what you think? Mm, you like it, I love that's, it. That's that's not, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you like it, I love yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, it's, again, like going back to kind of the creative thing, I, I do think from what I've seen, I mean, I'm not a tracking engineer anymore, but I mean, I've seen a lot of engineers get pulled into the creative process in sessions that I, I have been in. Um, which is something I did not see a lot of or experience a lot of unless I was brought in specifically for that. But it's it's getting to a point now where I think a lot of people, if you don't connect with it, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's so a lot of... you got to fake it. Yeah, though. that's a lot of the Have reason why... Have you ever I, done that? Have you ever yeah. faked it? I mean, of in the course. studio. In the studio. Oh, in the studio. You doing that? This ain't life on podcast after dark. Have you ever faked it in the studio? <laughs> I mean, doing music. You, <laughs> sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. You can't help. Oh yeah. my god, there it is. <laughs> yeah, catch up, catch up. Can't you help yourself, man? Because <laughs> you gotta be clear. Someone somewhere went down that path, so I had to clear it up. But you're just like, yeah, sometimes I got to act like I like it. I want to ask yeah. this. I was, yeah. was kind of setting up to ask this. This is like my last question. Um, because, again, that's why I left. Because I could no longer associate with the music. I couldn't relate to it. I got. I was literally there for a paycheck. I got tired of telling people, yeah, man, that's great. And I just, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see the evolution of where you are now as engineers? Again, being early in your careers, uh, Grammys loading and all of that. But I mean, do you see engineering as the long run? There's some really great engineers. They had no desire ever to be a writer or producer or anything. They always just wanted to engineer. They've been doing it for 30 years. But then there are others who you hit a gear and then you may go down a vocal production route or you may find yourself back as an artist. Cook or, or Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cook Yeah. Um, so like, what, what do y'all see that? I, mean, I, I hate that to be the what do you see yourself in 10 years <laughs> question. But in essence, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, very much so. Um, I still see myself like doing engineering rather like rather it be like tracking or mixing. I still seeing that being a part of my career, but I definitely want to expand. Like I don't just see myself as an engineer okay. in the future. Um, I am looking into like possibly doing more like production, yeah, uh, more like. Uh, specifically executive producing okay. that's something that um, oh, I am talk. more interested in like, yeah, I want to take on a more executive role in the future okay yeah nice. what about take you? it 
Um, I think if I were to stay within the engineering bubble, it'd be for like mixing. I really, really enjoy mixing, but I also enjoy writing a lot. Um, I love DJing. I think. Really? I think, yeah, we'll just see like wherever it takes me. I'll introduce so. you to this guy named Bobby Leroy. He was looking for someone to collab with and stuff like that. Is it oh, yeah? the, the DJ thing? Got shows coming up? For both. That's what's up. Yeah. Bobby Leroy. But she up. said something. But she said something. Um, no, you said something. No, you said something. What? What? Somebody said <laughs> Somebody something. Said something. Oh. So what, what is it? What's the deal with the mixing thing? Because when you know, here at Icon, you know, Icon Studios, ATL, um, <laughs> <laughs> we get these. They come in, they're tracking, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to be a mix engineer. Everybody wants. I think. To, what's the, is there? The is it a is it a prestige or what is it? No, it's because like you get the love of. Well, first of all, it's like of course more creative than just tracking, but. Um, I think you get to be an engineer without dealing with all the BS. Like, because yeah. think, like when you're mixing, most of the time you're, unless you're sitting in, you're by yourself, you're getting to take your time. You don't have someone breathing down your neck. And then you like, get notes back. A million people, like, <laughs> being so yeah. loud and dance. Like, it's just engineering without all the BS. Like, yeah. Oh, I like that. That's <laughs> mixing, engineering without all the BS. Yeah. Sounds like a commercial. Yeah. You agree or have other points on yeah, that? Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. like recording and mixing actually kind of comes hand in hand because when you're recording, you have to like mix too. Um, See, I, I so love it. It comes hand in hand, but um, mixing, it just, you know, when you record, like you mix too. So Can I just touch on that? Shout out. Yeah. Engineers, if you can record and mix as you go, I'm telling you right now, you are in demand. Shout out to freaking Drew Castro. If you ever listen to this podcast, one of the best to ever do it. I swear to you, when you were done recording, he's bouncing. And you're like, oh, am I going to get a mix? I'm already done. Yeah. <laughs> that dude had like bionic fingers. I swear. Mm-hmm. Drew, shout out to you, bro. Most of you engineers, I'm going to say this too. As, <laughs> as you continue to build your template base and all that stuff, you'll, you'll start having mixes kind of pre-built. Like I got to the point in my career, I still have them. Like I've got are those four, the templates that I hear people talking about? Yeah, I've got forty oh, okay. gigs of, of of project templates that I could track into any session, and it was. Now you still have to tweak mix, them, though. Right? I mean, you still got to tweak them, but okay, I mean, it's okay. a starting like, it's a starting point for a mix, and it's not gotcha. much you got to do. And the thing is, like, um, especially when you start working with like higher profile clients, mm-hmm. like your everything should be mixed before like it's even recorded. Like mm-hmm. the moment they wait, 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 wait. What? Yeah, wait, everything. What? Everything. Should be mixed before it's recorded. So, the moment they they, they want to hear in front effects, of the mic, they put the headphones they on. They want to hear the Already sound like a record. They they want oh, they want to hear as yeah. they're doing it. Yep, they want to hear themselves in reverb. Yep. So like uh, everything, yeah, all of that like is already in the template. Right. Like it's already mixed before like anything is. Recorded. And you find that's a that's that's more of a desired thing. Absolutely, really, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, wow. I remember doing a session with you. Yeah, <laughs> I like when I'm doing dry for whatever mission. You, you you were telling me to turn stuff off, and I was like, yeah, I was "What like, dry? Do you really bro? record dry like that?" It, to, it's a purist thing. Yeah. Like, here's my, I don't want to rely okay. on the reverb and the, mm-hmm. and all that to make me sound good. I've heard people to hear like that I too. Like I was, I was shocked because nobody gave my nobody best to that. And then everything like that. Else, really? yeah, yeah, everything else kind of perfects it. I don't want to doing a job for me. Yeah, one point about that that somebody made one time because, like, like you said, like setting up, you have your you know, your vocal chain that you use every time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, well, how do you exactly know what you're missing out on in the vocal or like what you're getting rid of or adding to if you can't hear like the pure, the pure sound? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I know, well, that, I know that's point. old school for, for sure. But you know, to me, command click's easy. Way. You can mute stuff. <laughs> right. or you, you can turn <laughs> plugins yeah. off kind of easy. Yeah, I would say like for the template, like mine, like, like you know, there's a template like this, like, my focal chain and stuff, but everything is like pretty like lightly tweaked. Yeah. So like um I have like light EQ, light compression, mm-hmm. light reverb, everything. Just so like it sounds good enough for like, you know, people to like feel inspired when they like mm-hmm. hear themselves. Mm-hmm. But like all obviously like all of that like heavy not heavy mixing, but like the main mixing happens like not after or yeah. like during your like recording. I've never so. done this before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna drop something I stole from a, a dope Chuck uh, Chuck Davies. Uh, who's worked with BB Wine and CC Wine and I could run down big the whole freaking list. Big people. <laughs> um, I m- most of my vocal templates, especially for when I was mixing and, and tracking a lot of R and B, I would have four audio buses with different chains on them, and my record tracks would be bus to each one, and I would just unmute 
the buses if they wanted to hear something different. They would always have a different color, different compression styles, mm. different EQ usages in there. So I had options in my templates. Now, mm. granted, you're limited by your DSP and, you know, however much computer power you've got for how much tracks you can do and all that stuff. I was working in a limited space. But having those four to five options, and I'm like, I want to hear something different, I would just mute one and unmute the other one. They're all running simultaneously. The primary track, and if you want to hear dry, I just mute the effects, and then now you can hear it dry. Being able to be flexible like that um, is really what started making me get those referrals right. because yeah. I came in with options. And they're like, oh, man, if you want this, he can give you four of the same thing, and then I can print all four if you wanted them. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a stem of four different options, and you can drop whichever one you want into whatever. That's all right. Cool. Yeah. Y'all kind of did it already, but... I want to play with it a little bit more. And I keep saying, last question, last question. <laughs> After this, I promise, last question. Well, I already gave you my last question. I want to hear an experience. But since you used to engineer too, I'm going to include you in this. Okay. One hack that some engineers may not know that you use, that you feel it helps make you dope a hack. So give one hack each. Ooh. When, like with me, when I do vocal recording, this is before it became popular. I did the whole stacking. Mm-hmm. We just did five six takes yeah. and then we went through and we comped from each take mm-hmm. that, that was before a lot of I learned it from Kook actually mm-hmm. so before, like, before you could do stacks automatically and right, right, right. Right. so <laughs> yeah. if I if that were new that'd be a hack I would share so uh-huh. as an engineer what is a hack that you can share with someone that you feel would take their game to a ladies at first because it's, been, it's no, been longer for me than for y'all yeah, me might not <laughs> have I'm a thinking, hack I'm which thinking is about fine. one too yeah. I'm thinking right. about it too you mean like a hack specifically within Pro Tools, you're saying? Or is this or just, just engineering like, as an engineering mm. period? Engineering period. Mm. Can, that's a good point because he can be a hack for the room. Like mm. when I when people right. come in, I have lights, I have bl- whatever is an engineering yeah. hack like for you. I'm going to use that for mine because depending on like what client is coming in and what I know that they like, like for um, this girl, Donye, that I record who normally does R&B, like I have the lights low, light candles, like just set the vibe, like make them feel welcome. Nice. I think mm-hmm. that does a lot. It does. I agree. Do y'all have a do you have a hack? Well, I'm still thinking, man. It's been a while. Uh, I would say <laughs> I probably just shared my biggest one with you. Yeah, honestly. That, that's what maybe yeah, yeah, she said yeah. someone earlier because I'm trying to kind of cheating on y'all because y'all gave one already. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I it's top of my head, I can't think of a big one, but I have like maybe a couple small ones okay. that I can of think of. One is. Um, so depending on the client so like it's more like a room hack i okay. guess just okay. like a relationship hack just like speak with your client just like try to get to know them just like build a relationship with them mm-hmm. um before you start working i think you know that's like you know like you guys are more like warmed up to each mm-hmm. other so like the chemistry will be a little better and right. that as far as <laughs> tracking goes um I, mean, I like to be fast so um hey. I have to be fast, so always, like, I always like to, like, edit as I go. So, like, I'll be recording and I'll be editing at the same time. And then just, like, if you're not editing, just make sure, like, when you're recording, you know, like, the cursor, like, just make sure that, like, while they're recording, the cursor is at the right spot that you would like Mm. for them to, like, start, like, to repeat, like, to record again. So, like, this way, like, it's just always flowing, especially mm-hmm. if you're working with songwriters. Like, if you like, you're, if you're slow, if you like stop in between recordings, like you can really mess up the flow. Annoying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Annoying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like running back, and they were like, all right. And I was like, yeah. why, why don't you just have that <laughs> set? Like, it's so annoying. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will, I will throw one out. This is this is one that I actually created for myself because it happened in a lot of sessions over and over again. Again, doing R and B production with a lot of vocal producers. Um, I had a bunch of sessions where they would be practicing like how to do a certain run in a certain spot or what phrasing would be. And someone would accidentally do it right and never get it. So from that moment, from, I would always go, always be recording. Always so be recording. What yeah. I would record, and not even so much in the session, I would create a bus out and I would do it separately to my computer. Okay. So oh, I have wow. I would be recording wow. separately nonstop on my computer uh, and I would have it routed back so I could play it back. So if they needed it, I can hit stop, go back to that. This is what you did. And they can actually hear it. And I don't know how many times I've ever, I've done that. Where they're like, don't do it. I thought we lost it because he did right, it perfect and I right. didn't know what he did. So that was one of those things that I did. And then one of my friends was like, yo, dude, that's just extra work for you. And I was like, it is. 
until they get to one of those spots and they do it and they can't remember what and they you're did. A freaking right. hero. And now I've got it. So now yeah. I'm, I'm in here doing the, that straight thing. up. So right. yeah, I mean, yeah. I was that's I, I'm not gonna recommend doing it. I'm again, it's if it's system can do it in the session, you can do it in the session. I would just do it separately because it's inconspicuous. If Pro Tools is recording, people know if it's armed and they can see that it's recording. Right. So I would do it just talking about their mama and yeah. It's just off to the side and it's just always running for the whole session and that was one of the things that I used to do. And again, like it was. I love that. I would have a, an LSP coming out of the headphone back into Pro Tools so I can mm-hmm. just play that channel back if we needed to do something. LSP like, stands for Lisp for those who don't know. You can use laptop, laptop, laptop sound port. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> laptop sound port. My bad. What's up? <laughs> no, you can use that creatively too. Like I've been, because like you said, like just always be recording to keep whatever they do. And mm-hmm. I've had people like just chopping it up with like their friends joking around about something in the booth and then we end up taking that and putting it like faded out at the beginning of the song mm-hmm. and like it sounds cool or whatever yep. and they like yeah. it. Yeah, mistakes. There's been so many hit mistakes or oh, mistake yeah. hits. Yeah. Not yeah. even funny. All right, so last one for me, I promise. I need a memorable experience. Good, bad, or ugly. Good, bad, or sad is what we say. A memorable experience. Yeah. So... I have one that's a it's a good experience, it's a really good experience. So um, I so I I was I started working with this artist named Rennie. He uh, is Australian, uh, also Indonesian. So, but he I think he's from Australia. So I first discovered him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So his song just came on YouTube, and I just started listening to it. And then I started listening more and more to his music, and um, I just fell in love with his music. He's a really good like R and B singer. He like just so soulful and you know everything was just amazing, sounded amazing. So I've been a fan of him for a long time. But you know, music industry is small. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up knowing somebody uh, on his team. Mm-hmm. So I ended up working with him and worked on his new project, several songs and stuff. And then. Um, that was really good and then he recently had a show in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and then I actually heard him like perform the songs that we worked on and that was I felt very like you know just accomplished just it was a very (laughs) yeah like yeah I mean cause like you can't work with any like you know like big artists you know like that's that's cool, but like somebody that you actually like found like you not know, like some something that's like very genuine to me that was very special. You're part of that whole beginning. Yeah, and just seeing that like performed on stage and mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know, I worked on that a few years ago. I I just found him on YouTube. Nice. So that yeah. is that's yeah. a cool story. What about yeah. you? Um, I'd say getting to um have the assisting credit on the Who Wants Smoke remix. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Bernardo Was that the first one? Yeah, hit me with um, that. Hit me one. Give me Go ahead. Yeah, Bam. yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was dope. <laughs> yeah. And um, a guy that um, was the head engineer at Astro for a long time, Isaiah Brown, he's 21's personal engineer now, but um, he was engineering it while I was assisting. And it it was just cool to see, like, get to see Nardo, Dirk, G Herbo, and 21 come in there and do that. And... It was just, it was really cool. And your name is right there on there. Heck yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was really cool. That's nice. And That's another, like, it was <coughs> me who helped assist it, and then the other assistant was also a female engineer, so. Oh, cool. nice. Yeah. Love it. I'm not sure of her uh, her name name, but I know that her Instagram name is Pink Noise. I okay. forget what, um, I think she's a patchwork, I want to say. But yeah. Well, that's dope that you shouted her out. I yeah. like that. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Man, you got anything else? Mm-mm. Man, I am done with these girls. All right, so anyway, <laughs> but thank y'all for coming. We appreciate it. How can people Absolutely. find you, follow you? They probably gonna have some questions. They're like, oh, yo, I know this dope VST. You need to. <laughs> I learned that term like last week. Okay. So, where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram handle is Jess Yeti, uh, J E S S I A T T Y. That's almost like mine. Is that Jess Attorney? <laughs> so when I first saw you do that, I thought you left music and like went into like entertainment law. When why? I first saw it, I was like, I said, oh, she's a, she, cause it said Jessica A-T-T-Y, right? No, so it's no, <laughs> so no, I no, thought no, it was uh, just no, no. I thought it was just attorney. No, 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 and I was like, no, no, oh, no, she no. went into law. Okay. No, okay, so my actually Jessica is my English name. Sure. It's not my real name. I know, I learned that. Your real yeah. name starts with an I, right? Yeah, so my real name, uh first Dang. name is Yut Wing, so Yut I A T. And then, oh. you know, like, um sometimes like I have the nickname Yutty. 
So uh, that's like why that. Jess Yeti. So yeah. All right, spell it one more time, slow form, so they get it. So J E S S I A T T Y. Just want to miss yep. that was for me. I just knew you went into law. That's so uh, funny. No, no, that, not <laughs> me. No, no, not me. M. Oh what are you Mine is um, at E M five Z's underscore underscore. It's so M's. annoying. Is that annoying? <laughs> Everyone, I feel like it's rememberable. So Everybody. annoying. No, because you got to sit there and e literally count the Z's. Because guess what? Z -Z. There's an underscore M out there with four Z's. And there's an M out there with six Z's. Is there for But real? you're followed by somebody I know, so I bet that's you. There's Why like there's three people I know that I bet that's you. That's you. That's me. Yep, see, you changed that because I think it was three Z's before. No, I don't think so. And now I'm positive. I'm positive it was. I and I remember so. all of a sudden I was like, wait, how many? And I'm sitting there like, I'm just try it. Bring my screen. I'm like one, two, three. And there's an underscore in there too somewhere. All right, so I'm it's sorry. Me. Anyway, say it again one more time. So I, E M Z Z Z Z Z <laughs> underscore underscore M's. It's M's elongated. Alright. Hey, yeah. Check this out. Y'all about right. to say the STF Alright, Jay. I like hers. <laughs> Jeff Johnny Vaughn, J U S T J O N Y V A N everywhere. Look how simple this is. Stonestafford.com. <laughs> there it is. Not as cool. Everything you want about me is right there. Man, I had a blast with y'all as I knew I would. I yes. appreciate it. And hopefully people got something from it. I'm sure they did. They're saluting cheers to, you know, ladies getting the respect and continuing yeah, the opportunities and y'all just uh, kicking down that door hinge as, yep. as Stone yeah. said. Thanks yeah, for so having now us. I wish you guys the best. Y'all know I follow y'all and everything I watch you. So I'm I got my pom poms on. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, y'all yeah. make sure you hit them up, work on them. They're dope. Um, everything Life on Podcast, you know what it is. It is lifeonpodcast.com. Uh, you can binge on the last 10 episodes. And if you want to watch us, we are on YouTube, youtube.com at Life on Podcast. We list, uh, appreciate y'all. Don't forget to like, subscribe. One million subscribers in 2023. 2023. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We out. Peace.